When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Basketball Hall of Famer Steve Nash, time as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, ended yesterday, only eight games into the season, a move that might not have necessarily shocked the league, but definitely one which has left a lot of questions around the direction of the Nets. It was well documented over the offseason that star player Kevin Durant had an issue with Nash even demanding a trade which couldn't be facilitated. And to add fuel on the fire, his teammate Kyrie Irving has spent more time in the headlines than offering meaningful on-court minutes this season by sharing anti-Semitic film hurting many in the basketball and wilder communities. In the middle of it all, is Kiwi basketball legend Sean Marks, who is the general manager of the team, and there are increasing doubts surrounding his part to play in the future in Brooklyn. Alex Schiffler, Schiffer is the Brooklyn Nets beat writer for the Athletic and has had a front row ticket to the madness. He's with us now. G'day, Alex. How you doing? Good front row ticket. I don't know what I could get for that ticket on the secondary market. I don't know how desirable that is uh, to others. <laughs> Oh, mate, it's been a, an interesting few years into this era in Brooklyn. Did yesterday show there are some pretty significant cracks in the organization? Yeah, I think without question. I mean, you know, you mentioned Kyrie sharing an anti-Semitic documentary on uh, on social media. And now, you know, to replace Steve Nash, they're hiring Ime Udoka, who was suspended for the year. Um <laughs> by Boston for an inappropriate workplace relationship that, uh, that got ugly. So, you know, the, the two biggest storylines of the NBA summer were Kevin Durant and the trade request and Ime Udoka, and now those two things are on a collision course in Brooklyn. And, and is that going to fix the problem? In, in essence, did, he, did Steve Nash get the sack or did he walk? I think, that's a, I, I think it, it was more of a walk than, uh, than getting sacked. You know... He's got a lot of other off-court investments. He's a minority owner in two soccer teams. Um, You know, he's got a lot of things going on. I don't think he's. I don't think he had a problem going to sleep last night, being away from all this. So I, I think it was you know him and Sean Marks are close. I don't think Steve Nash had a problem saying this isn't working and I'm out of here. 
What what happened to KD and Steve Nash relationship? Where did it all break down? That's the the question that no one seems to have a good answer for. You know, if you've met Steve Nash, he's one of the nicest guys. You would never guess this guy was a Hall of Famer. He's very humble. You know, and and even I was talking to one of his close friends the other day. They just even said, how can can you be on bad terms with Steve? It's it's pretty hard. So I don't think there's one particular thing that that led to that, um, especially with the ultimatum. I I think in short, though, you know, um, you know, Katie and Kyrie had a lot of influence in the organization. And Sean Marks in the front office began to reset the power dynamic last summer um, and take control back of that. You know, when you give someone their way a long time and then they stop getting their way, they get upset. So that, to me, that's kind of the, the – it's not a specific reason, but I think it's a, the, one of the fundamental things that, that was in play. Hey, Alex, you're talking about KD and Corey. You know, how can he be so good at basketball, Corey, but not understand how hurtful and just, uh, detracting his buddy Corey's been for the club? It, you know, Kevin's loyalty to Kyrie is kind of amazing in some ways. And, and you know, Kevin defended him on Saturday night saying, you know, that the media's made a bigger deal of um, of, of the, the social media posts than uh, than needed to be. But, you know, I, I think even he missed the mark there of going of, you know, uh, an opportunity to go out of his way and say, you know, but I don't I don't condone what, what was shared in that or, or anything like that. So he's been a very loyal friend. I think we should all hope to have a friend in life like Kevin Durant. But. Um, you know, I, I publicly he said all the right things to defend him, but I mean, again, behind the scenes, you have to wonder if he second guessed some of this himself. What about Sean Marks? There's been a lot going on in the back room. So, Sean Marks, what is his perception? What is the perception of him currently after all this has played out? Yeah, you know, I mean. Sean doesn't have a lot of assets to make a big trade or, or really alter the course of the season. I mean, getting you know Steve part uh, putting a new coach in is one of the few moves he has left. Um, you know his press conference yesterday I do not think was one of his best. Um, you know he said you know he was at, he he didn't condone anything of what Kyrie posted and when asked why Kyrie hasn't been uh, suspended or fined or anything like that for the organization for for the behavior. You know, he said, you know, Kyrie didn't speak to you guys yesterday. He's not speaking to the media tonight. You know, we need things to simmer down and cooler heads prevail. And uh, his last press conference, which obviously went viral, wasn't uh, didn't go over very well. So it, it's it's not a good place the organization's in when you can't put your one of your star players in front of a microphone because you're afraid of what's going to happen. So I, I think I think Sean, you know, is, is still looked at as one of the better GMs in the NBA. But you know. I depend, you know, he he's taking a big bet on Ime turning the season around, and, and then we'll kind of see where it goes from there. You know what I mean? I I, I think Sean's safe, and I I'd put more money on him being the coach, or excuse me, the general manager next season, um, today than than I, I would yesterday. But uh, you know, things things continue to get unpredictable here, and and who knows what the next thing's going to be? And you know, at some point, you have to wonder if it if it's better for all parties if they just blow this whole thing up. Hey Alex, I watched I watched that um, that press conference with Corey, and and it got me thinking. Where does that type of um, I guess that it's not really press, is it? It's it's personal opinion that's put out on your own socials. Where does that lead the I guess sport in in, in America because it's across both both sports, all sports in America, where athletes who are so um, prominent can go away from their, their organisations and start tweeting and, and socialising all their own thoughts. Is there, is there some type of mechanism 
that you think can be put in place to stop that from happening, or is it just a, a personal opinion that we can't stop? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great question. I don't know if there's like a one-size-fits-all answer for it. You know, the, the NBA does have, um, as you said, mechanisms in place that, uh, that you know, Myers Leonard, if you remember, he used uh, an anti-Semitic term, uh, the Miami Heat player a few years ago, and he was sent away from the team for it. So there is some precedent. But as, as you say, you know, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving himself said in that explosive press conference, you know, I didn't do anything illegal. And by the letter of the law, he's correct. I mean, um, I, uh, I could tweet uh, after I get off the show that I had a terrible time talking to you guys. No one's going to arrest me or anything. I'm going to look like a jerk. You know what I mean? Uh, that's not the case, by the way. But, um, <laughs> but there's no but, – but there's, there's no uh, – there's no, there's no, uh, there's no laws binding you to social media, as you said. So, I think that's what makes it a bit of a, a complex subject. But that being said, there, there is some, there is some avenues that the Nets could have pursued that they haven't. They claim they're still looking into them, but you know, it's been six days. I want to say since he originally posted that. You know, each day, each hour that goes by with nothing being done. You know, to me, the worse it looks, and I mean, to, to me, it would look even worse if we get a month out from this, and then all of a sudden the punishment's handed down. It's like, what do you mean? You missed the window, you know? So uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but in short, it's, it, it is complex. There is no great answer, and it does make this all a little harder to figure out. Where do you feel basketball is going at the moment, um, Alex? Like, oh, you've got a current situation with my team, the Lakers, and LeBron's pull amongst the team. Then you've got KD pretty much controlling uh, the Nets and what they're about. Is basketball heading in a, in a difficult direction at the moment with how much pull these players have over the league? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because I, I feel like that stuff's been around a lot longer than people realize. It's just been a lot more in the, in the public now. You know, if you read the Jordan rules, that book about Michael Jordan's Bulls in the early 90s, you know, he wanted them to draft uh, Kenny Smith, the TNT commentator out of North Carolina, um, over Scottie Pippen because, he, you know, he favored UNC guys where he played college. You know, he, he, had, he, he had a very similar role with the, the Bulls that, that Kevin and, and LeBron and all these guys have now. You know, um, I, I do think that you need to give these guys some level of influence and juice if you want to keep them happy. I also yeah. think there's 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 a balancing act to it. You know, um, Steve Kerr, the Warriors coach, talked about how when the when the team traded Andre Iguodala, he was disgusted by it uh, because he's very close with him, and he thought they were making a mistake. And that trade turned out to be a blessing in disguise, based on the assets they got back for it, the draft picks, and helped them win another title. And he essentially said, "This is why the general manager and the coach can't be the same person. I'm too close to the team to know what's best for the from an emotional standpoint to know what's best for the roster." So, I, I think you know. If I'm trying to get the team to sign my best friend, and he might not be the best fit for his team-wise, but I want to spend all season with my best friend, you know, I'm naturally going to have a bias toward what's best for me and what I want, and it might not be what's best for the team as a whole. So I, I think that these guys do deserve some influence, and, and you know, it's a kind of part of what you sign up for now, but I also think when to pull the plug on that or, or you know, how much to, to dole out and how to kind of factor it among other things. Again, there's no book on that, but I, I don't think it should be the end-all, be-all by any means. Beautiful answer, my friend. We appreciate your time, Alex. Just quickly, can Ime Udoka, if he gets the job, can he pull the Nets back into contention? Um, yes, you know, drama aside from a basketball standpoint, he's very defensively oriented. Um, 
you know, that the he had the Celtics become a you know the league's best defense last year. You know, he's very hard on players. I think Steve Nash, for as good of a guy as he was, maybe that was the problem. He's not the kind of guy to get in your face and drop some f bombs and light a fire <laughs> under you. Um, but they are two and six right now. You know, he has his work cut out for him. I think if he were to get them to the second round of the playoffs or conference finals, it's a it's a beyond a ridiculous achievement given how loaded the East is. And, and they need to get back above 500 first. So he has his work cut out for him. I do think from a basketball perspective, it, it is a good hire. Uh, Drama-wise, though, and optics-wise, it's bad. And <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he can be the guy. But again, you know, there's, there's a lot of people kind of hitching their wagon to this working out. Yeah, beautiful, mate. We're beautiful. going to watch this story with interest and see it all unfold. We appreciate your time, Alex Schiffer, Nets reporter for The Athletic. We appreciate all the information you've provided. Thanks so much. Take care and uh, have a rest, uh, good rest of your day. Thank you guys for having me. Take care. Bang. Pretty on the money. <laughs> yeah, it's Dude. crazy. It's crazy, is it? This is a, this is a mm. crazy story for so many different angles. Like... Ime Adoka, I love it when Alex said there was two big storylines over the summer. Kevin Durant demanding a trade, Ime Adoka getting stood down for a year from the Celtics. Now they're on a collision course. Like they just are addicted to drama, the Brooklyn Nets. They cannot help themselves. It's crazy. And Sean Marks, the Kiwi in the middle of it all. Yeah, like is he still, are they still having faith? Like everywhere you look with the Brooklyn Nets is some controversy or there's something going on and Sean Marks is amongst it. And he's still regarded as one of the best GMs in the league, but has he still got the faith of the owners and and and, and the in the locker room? Mm. Watch this space, I guess. We'll find out over time. Yeah. Here we are, citizens. Bank Park. I told you, I told you from jump, we were going to the World Series. I never lie. Have I lied to you in our whole time knowing <laughs> no, each other? Hide <laughs> the trash cans! The Astros are here! Oh, how good. Well, we promised you that after every win, we'd have him on the show. And just like the Philadelphia Phillies, we've delivered. The Philly captain was sitting right behind the Astros. You didn't hear him? Well, he was there as his boys hit five home runs to produce a shutout in Game 3 of the World Series. It looked like nobody was having more fun at the game than Philly's greatest heckler. Who joins us on the show now? The Philly captain. I thought the Phillies were struggling, really. How are you this morning? Oh, boys, my boys. I know it sounds pretty good, but it's it's a little raspy. It's a little sore. Uh, <laughs> I had to be extremely loud at the game last night. I don't know if you noticed, but the Houston Astros like to cheat and bang on trash cans. So what we <laughs> did last night, is we were just the loudest crowd in the history of sports. So the Houston Astros couldn't hear anything. <laughs> Was that the best game you've ever been at? Every game I go to is the best game I go to because every game I'm going to is one game closer to the Phillies winning the World Series. So what about this What about this heckling, the, the pitches and stuff like that? You know, like you do that sort of stuff down here in – in, in little old New Zealand, you get kicked out of the ground. How come, they, how come they just let you sit there and say all those damaging things to those pitchers out there? <laughs> well, I'm very respectful. I, 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 I'll call them cheaters. I'll tell them not to use <laughs> sticky stuff. Um, I, you know, I don't curse. Pretty much that's the only rule in Philadelphia. 
as long as you don't use swear words, you're allowed to say whatever you want. Um, and, and we, every, I mean, it wasn't just me. Everybody was yelling cheater. All 45,000 fans in Citizens Bank Park. Cheater. You can't, you can't <laughs> kick out the whole ballpark for saying that. Oh, man. Seven zip. An absolute hiding. So what are we expecting for tonight's game, game four? And where are you sitting? I'm sit- Well, I, I sit in section 301. Me and my boys, we've been going. We sit in the cheap seats. We've been going. We went to, I went to 60 games this year, and that's where we sit. That's our, our, we call ourselves the Fandemic Crew, and that's where we sit. I'm sitting up there. But well, here's the thing. I'm friends. I'm friends with all the security guards at Citizens Bank Park. I'm friends with all the ushers at Citizens Bank Park. So the captain, I pretty much have car blanche. I can go wherever I want, say whatever I want, and do whatever I want. <laughs> Mate, that's a fair, that's a fair few cheesesteaks that you get in, and there's 60 home games. How, how in love are you with Bryce Harper at the moment? How, how What am I doing with Bryce Harper besides loving him all the time? What, what was the question? <laughs> hey, how much do you love him? Oh, um, listen, I have children. I have pets. And I do not love them as much as I love Bryce Harper. (laughs) You know what he does for a living? He hits home runs. He hits home runs in clutch moments. He gets paid a quarter of a billion dollars. And that's why. Because he steps up when he needs to step up. Oh, man. That's so funny. Mate, it's a, it's a hell of a World Series. You're 2-1 up. You're 2-1 up. You're getting close to that magical number of four. Are you expecting uh-huh. another W tonight? And how are we going to get the W? Is it going to be a lot closer? Well, I, I mean, I mean, it's going to have to be. I mean, if it's a – no. No, the Astros stick and they can't <laughs> cheat. It's not going to be closer. Uh, it's – I've been saying this the entire postseason. I've been saying this since the beginning of the playoffs. The Phillies are going to win the World Series. They're just the hottest team in baseball. And guess what? There's only two teams in baseball right now. So we're going to have a parade in Philadelphia. I think we're going to have it on Monday, boys. Woo, you guys might want to hop a flight now to be in Philadelphia, to be here for this parade. Get those cheesesteaks ready. We're on our way. Hey, what's in the water in Philly? The Eagles are beaten too. What's going on? Well, listen, our water, just so you know, the Philadelphia water <laughs> is the best water in the world. You know we have the best bread in the world in Philadelphia. Ain't nobody got good bread like we do. I don't know what's in the water, but I know what I know. The city is positive. The city is Mm. upbeat. And when everybody's positive and upbeat, everybody wins. And that's all our teams are doing right now, winning. Mate, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, Captain Philly, but we are, and I'm going to put you to that situation. If Monday comes... And you get the job done to win the World Series. Can you just talk us through a day in the life, or maybe even two days for Captain Philly, of what it would be like? Well, this is what I I want. Do you guys know that in Philadelphia, whenever a team wins a playoff series, they have to put grease on all of our light poles because for some reason we just climb poles like maniacs so they're, they're, they have to grease up the poles so what first thing i'm going to do is i'm climbing a pole because that's just what we have to do as, as a philadelphia citizen 
and then we're going to i you know what i i don't know how much beer i'm going to drink but i'm going to have a i'm going to have a lot of beer i'm probably going to be hung over for a week and then <laughs> guess what we get to do it all we, then we get to do it for the philadelphia eagles super bowl parade <laughs> let's go <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Captain. Thanks for joining us this morning. All the all best. Right. All the best with the I'm Phillies. Talking to you guys again soon. Oh, it's going to be you too are. much fun. It's too much fun talking to Izzy and Kempy because every time I talk to Izzy and Kempy, my team wins. Go, Phil. Yes, good night, <laughs> Here's the man. There you oh, go. We, we become a world famous, mate. They talk to us, they win. I told you. They win. Seven zip. That's an absolute hiding. Get up the Phillies, mate. What a lad. Climbing poles. For Greece on the power lights around the city. I'm climbing a pole and I'm drinking a lot of beer. Bryce Harper came out. He punched one straight into left uh, the left stand. Man, see that video? That was so good. Yeah, they are in hot. He's oh. right. World Series two one Philly. It's back there at us. It's back at the ballpark tonight as well. So we might have the captain on again tomorrow to round out the week, guys. We were um, real happy this, to, to talk to this bloke this morning. Had a good chat to him yesterday, and we're putting a spin on more than an athlete uh, for obvious reasons because we could call it more than an ath- uh, entertainer, and he needs no introduction because we all know who Mike. King is, and we all know the work that he's doing. Tomorrow's Gumboot Friday, a day and campaign all in the name to fundraise for free and timely counselling um, for young people. Such an important resource and effort that Mike has been putting in oh, for a number of years now. He's with us on the phone this morning. Morning, Mike. How are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really good, mate. It's an important time of the year. We've uh, we opened the show this morning actually with. Um, with your text uh, number, we've had we've had our uh, our callers coming and saying that they already sent some some texts through uh, to Gumboot. Was it four six nine? I think it was. Um, yep, four six nine. Four six nine. So text that number through to, to make your your donation of three three bucks every time that text is gone. How's it all going for you, mate? What's a, what's the reaction been like for you so far this year? Uh, well, you know, it's pretty tough for everyone. I mean, everyone cares about mental health. Problem that we've got. about the actual size of the problem. Um, you know, it's an epidemic out there. The suicide figures came out uh, last week at 538, which is, like, I call blatant bullshit. It is impossible for that number to be 538, given, you know, St. John's have had a 30% increase in, in mental health call-outs. The police, 60% of their call-outs are uh, for, you know, people with mental health issues. Uh, the waiting queues are getting longer, people being turned away from hospitals uh, because there's nowhere to go. There is no way in hell that number can be 538. So there's complacency and people think, oh, well, look at that, it's a lovely number. Um, It is coming down, the problem's going away. And the problem is not going away, Kempi. There is a tsunami of Mm. eating disorder issues coming, as I've said to you before. Um, This issue is not going away. It is only getting worse. And if your child gets unwell and you 
think someone's coming along on a white horse to save your kids. No white horses are coming. There is nothing coming. Mike, that's that's really sad, Mike. And I, I may have mentioned this to you before, but I've been in that uh, that system with my daughter who had an eating disorder. Um, and honestly, the frustration. I actually wrote two letters to the ministers to uh, to tell them about our journey and around how we can't get them into facilities. And at the end of the day, it wasn't just the the bureaucracy that was 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 killing us. It was actually the system where people seemed to be yep. just doing a job. They weren't really yep. worried about the kids. And you know yep. what you're doing is more around the compassionate the. I guess the empathy that we have for our young people in New Zealand, knowing what they're go through, going through, why why don't they get the message, Mike? Why do you what do you think's holding them back when so many people are screaming it at them that they need help? Well, first off, it's not the politicians. Politicians come and go. The bureaucrats stay the same. The uh, the bureaucrats that Ministry of Health's gone now and it's got to help New Zealand. There has been a flood of rats off the ship who uh, have left the Ministry of Health, who are now blaming the Ministry of Health. Uh, they've left the Ministry, and they work for Health New Zealand, and they're blaming their old selves at the other building for everything that, that's, that's gone wrong. Look, um, what we do isn't just for kids. It's for parents. And you know what that, that helpless and hopelessness feeling that you have as a parent when you can't get the help for your kids. So what you know, people don't people don't just want help. They want to know that someone is out there and someone is listening and they are being heard. If you are being heard and you know that someone actually cares, you can wait a day longer. You can wait a week longer. But when there's no one there and your child's looking at you going, Why aren't you doing something? Why can't you do something? you know, it's an absolute nightmare. So um, you know, Mental health isn't pretty. It's not pretty, you know, and uh, the way a child gets treated when they go to hospital uh, with an eating disorder compared to someone who goes in there with a broken leg is night and day. They will bend over backwards for anyone who's got a physical injury, but you can almost see them sighing when you walk them. (sighs) Okay, look, here's what you need to do. It's the only system in the world where... You know, you have to be in the top 2%. So it's the only system in the world where they, you actively have to have had an attempt on your own life and a good attempt before they will help you. You know, you, it's, it's a system that is encouraging young people, 25 and under, to attempt to take their own lives before you qualify for help. What, what, what sort of a system is that? So, yeah, Mike, uh, is he here, mate? Appreciate you coming on. My, hey. my wife, actually, she got a... Uh... Someone reached out to her that was, um, you know, struggling and, and she was really quite quite bad. Anyway, this is a situation that happened. She um, rung the mental uh, the mental institution or health line or helpline and she spoke to them and said, look, I'm thinking about committing suicide and blah, blah, blah. And um, one of the worst things, and this is the frightening situation that she faced, the police turned up, police turned up, put her in handcuffs took her away this is a girl that is afraid of her life and she needs extreme help and she's thinking about this and the police turn up put her in handcuffs and take her to this hill morton place down here in christchurch chuck her in and she's locked up in a room 
Yeah, and and I was thinking, what? So that she's already frightened for her own life, and the police turn up, and it makes her even frightened even more. So that's a that's an instance there where it's just totally wrong. So if we're going to get it perfectly right when someone needs help, how do we get to that situation? And and is this money going to help get to that point, or well, do we no. need more politicians to listen and get a bit more of an understanding? No. So what, what we need early intervention. So the problem with face-to-face counselling in this country is it is seen as a crisis care. So you have to be in crisis. Unfortunately, for anyone like that poor young girl, by the time they're in crisis, talking one-on-one to one person for two sessions isn't going to solve the problem. So the biggest problem in mental health and the biggest problem facing sportsmen, if I can loop it back into you guys, is overthinking and self-doubt, right? So Mm. self-doubt is the biggest problem in mental health today. But everyone is pretending they've got their shit together. Everyone is sitting there and putting on their best face. So for those who are really struggling, they're sitting there thinking, it's just you, it's just you, it's just you. And so, so if we can, if we can normalize self-doubt younger and younger kids, so we're doing our program now, we, we speak to new entrants in school about normalizing counseling. When you have a little bit of self-doubt, talk about a little pro, uh, problem before it becomes a big problem, before it becomes a suicidal thought. So we have to change the way counseling is seen. So we're trying to change counselling from a, a mental health intervention to just a conversation. It's just a conversation. Because by the time a kid gets to, to high school, their worldview on counselling is already set in stone. And their worldview about counselling is only mentally ill people go there. So I can't have anyone think I'm mentally ill by talking to a counsellor. So if we switch that around, get earlier, normalise emotions, if, as, if we as fathers talk about our emotions to our children when we get home, rather than going, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, no, no, it's all good, you know, we need to show emotion, we need to show our kids that we all have emotions, and emotions are a normal part of life. Unfortunately, what they are seeing from us, men in particular, is... I'm staunch, I'm keeping all my shit together, Every, everything is good. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple of things. So it's early intervention is what needs to happen. Yeah. And, and, and the money that people are donating via that text line, um, 100%, every cent goes directly to councillors. We are the only charity in this country that gives every cent that people donate directly to councils. We're the only charity in this country that has said to the government, if you, every dollar, if you give us one dollar, every cent will go to councils. and my organization, I Am Hope, we will pay the admin charges. We'll pay all the admin, so you know 100, and we will give you all of the data. You will know where every cent goes. For example, up until September this year, the New Zealand public gave $2,456,672.25 to Gumboot Friday. That paid for 19,122 sessions, and $2,456,672.25 was invoiced to us by councillors, every cent. And still they say, nah, you're not good enough. They'd rather pay 485 bucks 
for a service that doesn't work. And isn't that the isn't that yeah. the irony of it? You know what I mean? Like these people don't have an em- empathic piece of anything inside their body, and don't. You know what the problem is, bro. You know what the problem is. You can't have a dumb hoary with no school certificate coming up with a better system that works than all of these bureaucratic dickheads down in Wellington. That's the problem. You can't have an uppity brown boy coming in and showing us up, and that's just the fact. That is the facts. Hey, just tell us, Mike. You know, like we we hear your, we hear your story loud and clear. Tell us a good story. Tell us something good that Gumboot Friday has been able to achieve that isn't out there in the public domain. Because everyone, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm telling you what I'm going to do, Camping. You uh, text me or email this. I'll flick you a series of uh, of correspondence from people who have been helped, and you read them out. And so you can take your time on this. I don't have to rush out one story. I'll, I'll send you five. That's five nice. great stories. And, and just read them out in the ad breaks, uh, after the ad breaks. Read them out. Let people know what we do and, and why it is so vital. And I'll just choose five at random. Like I've had uh, maybe 150 in just the last day alone emails. I read them all. So, and I'll respond to them all. So just flick me a text and I'll send them to you and I'll get you to read them out. So is there anything else that we can do, Mike? Is there anything else that we can do coming up Gumbo Friday? Everyone everyone knows that you know, it's a, a fantastic uh, charity to support, and like you said, 100% of it's going through to, to the right area. Is there anything else out there that we can do to support Mike King and Gumbo Friday? Bro, just making people aware that the service is there. You know, there are so many families out there that, that still don't know that we exist. They just don't know. So... You know, anything that we can do to help Fano out there who are struggling and let them know that, you know, there is someone out there, there is a service that cares, and it's gumbootfriday.com. Five pushes of a button, and you will have a counsellor inside six days. Beautiful, Mike. Hey, just quickly, Mike, just quickly from me, I know you touched on, on athletes' influence, and I know you're doing a wonderful campaign with Amelia Kerr, Billy Kerr, uh, treading water, mate. Have you had a lot of traction out of that? Oh, huge, bro, huge. Melia is such a superstar, man. She is such a kind and beautiful young lady. Yeah. To put herself and to put her family out there, you know, uh, there's, you know, and you, like, I, I mean this respectfully, but there are lots of athletes who put out the story of their struggles. You, do you know what I mean? You know, in a, in a headline, yeah. particularly after I've done something wrong. Melia's um, young. She is, like, in her early 20s. For her to yeah. to do that, and she's got a huge future ahead, just in sport, and just whatever she whatever she does, she is going to nail it. So if you haven't already seen it, check out Mealy on um, Instagram. All the episodes are there. I'll, um, you know, Dupe's episode um, uh, is a great one. You know, um, the Hurricanes. Um, sorry, the uh, Dupe Yeah, Dupe, yeah. Bro, his stories are mad. All the stories there are incredible. And the one that should, you know, a lot of parents should watch is Robbie Kerr, her dad, and his struggle when she came forward. You'll be familiar with it, Kempi. It's your story. It's all of our stories. You've got kids who are, who are struggling. So please, please, please go and check it out. She's just... She's a, a national icon, and she's only what twenty something years old. Oh, mate, sto- yeah. those stories. My, my, haven't I haven't told my one around uh, the struggles for the last 11, 12 years, and 
I hear where you're coming from. I know exactly what you're going through and the amount of support that you are getting. Mate, I tip my hat off to you. We had a guy that's just run from Perth to, to Sydney um, and they are, they are jumping through hoops for the mo- amount of money that he's made and we have actually have the same guy sitting here in our backyard and that's you, Mike King. Thanks a lot for joining us on Izzy and Kippy for breakfast this morning. Wish you all the best with Gumboot Friday tomorrow, my brother. And... Uh, Flick yeah. me your email, bro. I will do. Flick I will do. I'll do that right, right now. Yeah. That is. Cheers, brother. Thank you. There he is, Mike King, New Zealander of the Year, gave back his uh, his honour, as we uh, as we remember, because he didn't sit well with it and still fighting mm. the good fight and trying to get uh, the right people to understand that they're not just supporting a charity; they're actually hundred percent of that money goes towards uh, a fantastic. A fantastic cope up so I can hear the passion in them. You know, that's passion, mate. You know what I mean? Like you can hear it in people's voices and to be passionate about something that's so close to my heart and having been through some of that stuff that Mike's doing at the moment. Um, look, I, I truly took my hat to the man for, for just putting yeah. himself out there. No, I loved it. Loved it. You know how passionate I am about it. And yeah, it's great work, mate. Like he just, he just keeps going. Mike just keeps going, and, and for, you know when when you when you think about when you're chasing something and there's no real end result, like what is the end result for Mike King? Helping people, you know, getting to a situation where people are getting the genuine help that they need, and mate, he could be so tired, but he just continues to work hard for other people. It's so good. Yeah, he is so passionate, Kempi. I hope you can excuse some of his passionate language there. He's just something he cares about so deeply. One seven three seven anytime. That's you can text free call or text one seven three seven anytime for support from a trained counsellor. Uh, of course, you got Lifeline oh eight hundred five four three three five four there as well, or four three five seven help. We might be halfway through the Flemington Melbourne Cup carnival, but and the fields are out for a che- like a stacked. And when I say stacked, I mean a stack. Champions Stakes Day on Saturday. But before we can even get there, we have to deal with a Group 1 Thursday. Yeah, we got the Oaks at Flemington today, over the 2,500. Gareth Hall is host of Giddy Up and a lot of the SEN track coverage. He's been dominating the spring alongside his eclectic bunch of colleagues and contributors. He's with us now. Morning, Gareth. G'day, Louis. Great to be on the show, mate. I haven't been dominating as much as your colleague. He's been dominating the dance floor of the birdcage of Flemington this week. <laughs> Tell us more. We have heard rumours. Oh, it's been sensational to watch. Like, people turn up to Flemington to watch the best thoroughbreds do battle um, for the biggest prizes of all, like Melbourne Cups and Derbies and Oaks. But Izzy's just like the All Blacks. Um, we don't get to see too many All Blacks in Melbourne. Um, but he hasn't let the all-black community down. He's been sensational. And it's not just after race eight he starts dancing. It's after race two he starts dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Daggy! Gareth, I, I said that you were going to do this. Now, calm down. I hope calm New Zealand Thoroughbred are listening, Gareth, because they got Cup Week here next week, and they've got a road show on, and Daggy should be leading it on the decks, I reckon. What do you reckon? Yeah, 100%, uh, no mate. Um, yeah. Locked that in, dollar ten. <laughs> hey, mate, so Daggy's torn it up and he's got blisters over his all over his feet, he reckons, so that's good. That's the tax you pay. Talk to us, because you've had a couple of good judges declare she's extreme in the Oaks, but I've just noticed yeah. there are a couple of people suggesting she might not get the trip and maybe it's a false price. Where do we sit here? Zen so I'm taking her on, Dean Watling and Nikki Gannon and joining me for my preview show. So, um, very good judges, but... 
Oh, I just think she's got the. Um, she's just had a problem with her feet, so that she's got the synthetic hoof filler, which isn't ideal. Um, and I think twenty five hundred meters is a big question mark for her. And a horse like Zeller and even um, Lindsay Smith Galloper might make it difficult for her um, from a point of view where they'll try to outstay her in the Kennedy Oaks. Today and I think Senzella and her horses I just mentioned Queen Air could be the horses that can knock her off this afternoon. So she's far too short for mine at that two dollar fifty quote. So I'll be taking her on and I think that maybe Senzella for your man J Mac can cause a little bit of an upset in the Oaks. Yeah, he does come through the right race. Look, I'm with her. I'm, I just think the the uh, form she comes from from Sydney, it's just like it, we've seen it dominate the spring already. And Sharp and Smart just wobbled around a little bit. But obviously the winner from the derby came through the same race as well, man's always. So I am with her. It looks like Izzy, you're with Zenzella by the way you're acting down the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just doing a wee multi as we speak, lads. <laughs> you sort that out. Get, get, Gareth, I'm super curious to get your take on the Dali Champions sprint. Um, yep. Like, how do you stack this up? Nature Strip, he's the champ, mm. and he's been priced as the champ. Um, the up-and-comer, Giga Kick, he's been given respect in the market because we knew what he did last time. Bellina Patina rated a sickening figure off the map. And then you've got Levante, who performed super up the straight last time she was there. So how do you appraise this race? Well, you boys know Levante and Rocket Horse better than I. I think Rocket Horse has been an underrated galloper since arriving here, and she's won the Group 1 before down the straight. She's at $26, $5. I think she's a bet the place. But I, I will have Chris Waller on getting up this morning. I think Nature Strip will be mighty hard to beat. A couple of different circumstances this time around compared to the Everest. He won't have a wide gate to mm. contend with. Mm. He won't have an Eduardo annoying him in the early part. Waller get, um, James McDonald just rides his own race with Nature Strip. There's not too much pace here as well. So I think he can just do what he wants in the early part and do what he did last year and then explode. Um, at the 600-metre mark. So I think he's definitely the horse to beat. Giggy Kick, I think, is a better horse around the turn. So I'll be taking on the three-year-old. As you mentioned, um, Louie, I think that the horse that could cause the upset, even though she's only $5 now, is Bella Nipatina. She rated better than what Giggy Kick did um, in the Manicato than what Giggy Kick did in the Everest. So if she can repeat that performance, which is probably unlikely, she might be able to run a mighty race. But I'm with... I'm with um, Nature Strip. I think he'll be too strong and he'll make a statement on Saturday afternoon, which I think will be nearly the highlight of the day. Mate, I know you've got to go, but so we'll keep this quick. Yeah. But I, I reckon I heard you say that Private Eye could be the third best horse in Australia. Um, so, yeah. so does he cop the mile and does he just win? Well, I think he does. I, was, I thought he'd be hard to beat the way that he's been going down the straight in a daily sprint, but... Um, I think he'll win. He's, he's run over the 1,300 metres last week and the nature strip was out of this world. He's been set for this race in a way. He steps to the 1,600 metres. Um, he shouldn't be far off them. Um, yeah, I, I give him a big chance. But what a race that is. You've got Alligator Blood, Mr. Brightside, my Oberon that was so impressive the other day, Tuvalu, Alligator Blood, I think will be up in front along with Tuvalu. And my favourite, Cascadian as well, he's drawn a little awkward. Um, but he's absolutely low-flying. So I did mention the champion sprint might be the best race. Maybe it's the champion's mile. And then we've got Adamo and on Thunderstruck and Zaki. 
going around in the champion stakes. So if I was you, Louis, I'd get on a flight and head to Flemington on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, get, we'll get you in the birdcage, don't worry. Yeah, uh, well, yeah I'll, get, I'll get my shuffle going. It's probably about half as decent as uh, is he's. Gareth, yeah. appreciate your time, mate. Enjoy it. Good on you, boy. Cheers, get Gareth. on your boy. Legend. We get on rock and roll, do in the New Zealand Cup. It won't get beat. <laughs> right, oh, oh, but I copped it from you and Andy all day that day, and I couldn't believe it. Rock, rock and roll, do. Now they are dreaming. Right there, you go, Gareth Hall, host of Giddy Up. He does very, very sharp work. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato, and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.